I got. I'm a virgin. You are. What's that? <laughs> Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Wrong! Sci-fi Saturday night. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the September 25th, 2010th edition of Sci-Fi Saturday night. Deep in Area 51, wishing the medication was working better tonight, I am the Dome. Joining tonight's talk cast from an undisclosed location with her trusty computer sidekick, it's Kriana. Where am I? Never mind. From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire tonight, the man who said earlier this evening, hey, nice blood and guts. <laughs> I put a spell on you, Dome. And the woman because who said it to right. the dead redhead. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. From Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our caffeine-addicted crop circle investigator, and the person who drives to random McDonald drive throughs just to use the Wi-Fi, it's Awake by Java. <laughs> <laughs> the sad part about that is it's true. I know. Have we lost him? Oh, Oh my Crap. goodness, he's gone. Hang on. Wait a minute. We're making fun of him and he's not I know, here. this is not fair. This is not fair. <laughs> it's, it's ringing. Hang on. It's ringing? We're going to get ringing. him back. I know we are. So wait, who, who's our guest now? Oh, our guest tonight is a man who spins over 50 interconnected short stories in the latest installment of Nightmare World and has the name of Porn Star with a Door. <laughs> Dirk Manning. Dirk, how are you, bud? Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Derek. It's going to be wow. a show. <laughs> the first scare of the season. What, what, what? Hey. hey. That, yeah. <laughs> Did oh. we just lose everything? Wow, I think. I'm just still floored by the absolute. Wow, that's a very Buddhist wow, I'm getting thing like to crazy. say. <laughs> that's awesome. But just be, being introduced <laughs> as a, a, a porn star just absolutely made my day. Well, thanks. I'm glad we could make life easy for you. And basically, if you're a porn star, that comes naturally. In any case, <laughs> it's been an interesting week in science fiction. And for a good portion of the crew here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night, it was a very interesting afternoon. As we went, where did we go? America's Horror Theme Park. Spooky World. <laughs> no singing. Wow. We need to make a commercial for them, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scarier than that. You need a barbershop quartet. Okay. The first thing we want to do is uh, we sat down with one of the most interesting people I think I've ever had the fortune to meet. His name, by the way, is Tattoo. 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 And it is not like Boss Boss de Plain. It is a guy. Like, like a midget? <laughs> oh, come on. You didn't think that? Look, when we, when we got the email that said, you're going to meet Tattoo, what did we all think? Work with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boss de Plain. 
Braces, everyone. Braces. I'm the illustrated man. Exactly. Exactly. And what we got was this incredibly illustrated man who took us on a very interesting tour. Let's start off. We're going to start off with uh, a couple of minutes talking with Tattoo. Yeah, now I'm just going to advise everyone that this was recorded in the middle of a fairground in the wind on my cell phone. Well, if you can't understand it, we can cut it short. Hold on to your wigs and keys. All right. I imagine anyone hasn't heard of you by now, but there's always, uh, there's always someone you've never been. So sure. what's Spooky Rule? Why, you know, what do you have to offer? Why uh, people should come here as opposed to going to all the other haunted houses in the area? Okay. Okay. Start now. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. You're on. All right. Well, I guess um, the biggest thing is we're the, uh, the largest Halloween park in New uh, One of the largest in the country right now. And uh, we offer seven different haunted houses and such here. We have, uh, in addition to our haunted houses, we have game Hall. We have live music um, almost every night. So that's uh, bars, there's restaurants, concessions, live games, all kinds of stuff. You can, you can come here and spend the entire night. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot to do. I mean, you can just drive here, go through a couple haunted houses and leave. That's your destination. Uh, we're growing it each year, we're getting bigger, we're getting better, we're trying to do... Um, we started with some other haunted houses a few years ago, but this year we started to put our spin onto the haunted houses. Uh, I've, this is about my 23rd year in the industry, so we put my spin on. So. so what is your spin exactly? I'm a, I'm a detail guy, so I want you to feel like you're in the room when you walk through it. And um, I can show you a couple of examples of that before you guys go, but um, my uh, my thing is I want you to feel like you are there. I don't want you to know that this exists outside. I want you to be in the reality that we create for you on the inside of the wall. So um, our, our scenes are more detailed, high-impact scares, and... Um, a lot more believable than your than the average haunted house is that. So. Now, do you have any problem with like uh, small kids or anything? I mean, what's the average age of? It, it it's changed a little bit. Night when we started Nightmare New England three years ago, we we went through for the the young adult crowd. We wanted to be the scary attraction in New England. Um, at that time, Mike and Wayne, the owners of of Mount Sunway Park and Nightmare New England, bought Spooky World. And um, we brought we brought Spooky World here last year. Spooky World has such a big following in New England. Um, a lot of people have grown up with it, so a lot of people have brought their family. But over the time, over the past years, so we've started to really kind of try to make it more intense and more young teens, teens and young adults. So every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. You constantly have to outdo yourself. Absolutely. What have you done this year? What is it this year that's really outdone? Okay. This year is we, we've gotten rid of a few events from last year that we thought were, you know, maybe our weak links, and we've improved upon them to redesign haunted houses, and we've introduced a few brand new ones. Um, people in New England really like that, that haunted hayride, corn maze, and outdoor feel, so... We moved another one of our attractions out into the woods, so we're now two out in the woods. Uh, it's about a half a mile walk to get through both of these. Nice. So, yeah, you spend a lot of time nice. out there. And um, so we're, we're really, you know, really using the natural landscape around here yeah. to our advantage. Uh, at nighttime, it's spectacular here. 
it's a lot of natural fog here because we're right on the banks of the river, so uh, a lot of fog comes in at nighttime. Uh, but you know, we we try to retheme each year or, or re uh, redesign what we do have just to keep it fresh and new. Even if it's something that we've had here, we add new elements to it just to make it look and feel different. How far ahead do you plan? Like All year. Yeah, we're already planning for next year. Yeah. Uh, we're we're looking at the ones that we want to switch out for next year. Um, getting ideas for the ones that we want to bring in or, or the changes that we want to make. Right. Uh, we're, you know, we're constantly hiring and, and training new actors. We're, we're really growing our core actor uh, base. We have 140 actors here at night. Where does your core come from? So, every, oh, all over the place. It's such a great question. Uh, new Hampshire, Massachusetts. We have people that come down from Maine. Uh, people from Rhode Island that act here, uh, and a lot of them, you know, they'll get together, they'll get local hotel rooms, they'll rent a house out for the month to be close by. But we have, um, I always tell people it's great because I'll have, you know, a kid with 15 piercings in his face sitting next to a cheerleader, sitting next to a firefighter from Boston. That, you know, everyone comes together for the love of the holiday and, and the passion for, you know, scaring people. Yeah. This seems like a dream job. What's the most yeah. fun for you? It's all of it. I mean, I, I've i been doing this a long time, and it, it really gives me the opportunity to meet new people that this gives them an outlet that they might not have in, in other parts of their life. Because, you know, not too many jobs call for you to be able to work with blood very well or, or gore or make someone look like you. You're either a phlebotomist or you're doing this. <laughs> so it's, it's great because there's so many talented you know, wonderful people that I've met here, um, artists and actors and people that are helped do the scene work with me or the sound and lighting design. Um, I think that's what really I, I like looking forward to each year, meeting new people. And then um, the scene design is always fun for me because it's, that's my background. I have a background in theater, but I've always been someone that's loved scene design. So for us to start really, you know, turning these haunts over, you know, the owners giving us the ability to, to make these haunts what we want them to look like is, is a big thing for us. His responsibility, too, there's a lot of trust there, but um, it's, uh, it's a lot. Well, I think it's good that you get, one of the cool things is that you get local people because you, you can bring people from wherever or hire them from wherever, and the fact that they're local not only brings more people from the area in over here, but it gives them a chance to, yeah, to be yeah. a part of the whole exhibit. And, and it's great, too, because you, you don't, you don't really know that there's, you know, a lot of our makeup artists have, have gone to professional effects school, Tom Cadini school, Joe Glasgow school, yeah. you know, so we have some highly trained makeup artists here that, you know, they're able to use their skills um, to help us, you know, make our, our sets and scenes look better too with all of our actors. So. And are all the with the wide range of people you're saying you're getting, mm -hmm. are any of your haunts scripted or do you just kind of hand them the character and say go? <laughs> they, that's a great question too. They, they are scripted to a point, um, but we, we have so many customers that come through on any given night that sometimes it doesn't allow us to like slow down and really do a full skit. Um, but we do walk through with each, each haunted house has a manager and we work with them so that they're in contact with their, their acting team, their makeup artists so that you know, they know what we expect of them and vice versa. And we do give some of the actors scripted areas, you know, and, and a lot of the people. That died interestingly. <laughs>
Um, anyhow, that was Tattoo uh, talking to us from Spooky World. 140 actors all over the world come in to see us. And, uh, wow, Four Color Vault of Comics is making some interesting noises. Speculate as to what sort of toy that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we all think about what happened this afternoon at Spooky World? Well, I don't know about everyone else, but my expectations were through the floor, and I was just blown away. They hmm. they took my expectations, and they played basketball with them. And then they shattered them like a mirror. What I'd like to say is that I thought that those guys had such a professional group going on. I mean, they had the answers. They were trying to keep their actors safe. They were trying to keep the people who were going to attend safe. They just wanted everyone to have a good time with not worrying about anything. And I was very impressed at how unprofessional all of them are in all seriousness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the best haunted house. I mean, it's you can't even say it's a haunted house or it's a fairground. I mean, it's it's beyond that. It's a night out of horror and terror. It's wonderful. It's an experience. It's an entire experience from start to and, finish. You know what the cool we, part was for me? What? That last place that we went through. We went through Sleep Stalkers. The asylum? The, 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 the hospital, yes. Sleep Stalkers. Sleep Stalkers, the very last one we went through. And we were walking through, and it was pretty much ready to go. And a lot of the actors were starting to get into character. And there was this one guy that we were walking through a particularly disgusting area. And he was coming through the other way, going to his position. He hit the same spot we were at. We heard the stuff go up, and I just heard him go, oh, God. (laughs) It was just so cool. And... You know, for yeah. them to be as unaffected by it, I mean, to be as affected by it as they are, and and to see, like, all these people there with a, a real purpose. And, I mean, it's not just like, you know, we're going to scare the crap out of you. It, it was a very, very, very solid professional effort. Yes. Uh, it was very developed. Absolutely. It wasn't like, let's throw together <laughs> you would know. a... a you know, haunted house. There are plenty of those. This one, every detail was thought out. Like like Mike said in the interview, he's very detail-oriented. Wow, was he? And, Absolutely. And I think that so. came through loud and clear. You know, the exhibit spoke louder than, you know, his interview answer. Like, every scene was meticulous, from the grime on the walls to the blood spatters. Oh, how about, how about that, that skull with the golden tooth? Oh, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> and their mannequins... Are oh. really scarily oh, like real people. Real. Yes. Yes. Because when we went through Sleep Stalkers, there was one that was sort of sitting in a corner, and you could count the hairs on its knee. Did I you was expect really, it to move? I really expected yeah, so it to get I. up so yep. and be like, Hot, got ya. Oh, and there was a scare in there that I think when people go through, I'm not going to give a spoiler, but. That thing started shaking oh, and moving oh, around, oh, and I thought, wow, that is, wow, that looks like a real person. Zombrarian <laughs> may have screamed like a girl. That 
That was uh, oh yeah, my god, that was not to be I mean, believed. Folks, if you're in the New England area, no, if you're on the East Coast at all, I mean, by all means, visit Spooky World this this Halloween season. Go to SpookyWorld.com for instructions and details. And you know what? Mm. Tell them we sent you. No, better than that. Not only tell them we sent you, but we're going to give away a pair of passes tonight. That's right. That's right. if you're good little listeners, we might get more. Yes, maybe we might. Mm. The more comments we get, you know, hey. So if you'd like to join us at Spooky World, come on and drop a comment on the website after the podcast goes up tonight, and we'll get you in for the drawing. Yes, a random, random mist of random drawings. Uh, but again spookyworld.com and a big thank you to Mike Tattoo Chris Art thank you so much for a great interview and a wonderful tour yes he gave us the best best tour ever we got to to tour not only Sleep Sharkers but we also went through part of the catacombs yeah that was kind of cool that was in the words of the immortal Rachel Zoe bananas (laughs) okay it all right. was ridiculous the amount of work that they put into this and it looks like a real cave and yep. you get in there and the door shuts behind you and even though the emergency lighting is on there's still not very much and it's really creepy even when the guy with the flashlight is right there and they have the the two attractions that go off into the woods now Oh, mm-hmm. the woods ones are the ones that creep me out because oh, yeah it was, it was like something from uh, this part of Pennsylvania yeah. I'm from, yeah, people uh, people used to live like that. So it, I'm a little creeped out when I see it. I'm telling you, it like really that. was. It really was. <laughs> well, you know, it, I just and, and I mean, it was light out, okay, and I was still creeped. Yep. Yeah. And the way that they positioned things so that it looked like things had um, had grown over it and into it, and yep. you know, everything was sort of grimed to perfection. It was. So fabulous. I it can't even be described. You just need to go. I can't even stress that enough. And we haven't even gotten to the part where they have zombie paintball. No, we haven't gotten to zombie paintball, which is the coolest damn thing ever. It's the uh. best idea that I think anyone <laughs> has ever come up with ever. Zombie Except get, indoor plumbing. Uh, that was you get to shoot zombies with paintballs. So basically, it's a firing range, and when the green light goes on, all these people dressed as zombies come out and start shambling towards the shooters, and the shooters just get to shoot the crap out of them. <laughs> Could now, do you, do you have to shoot them in the head to get them to fall down, or how does this work? I mean, um, you just shoot. You the just crap shoot out of them. and shoot and shoot and shoot. It's like Night oh of the Living God. Dead. It's amazing. And you know, people. <laughs> Eat this up. I would. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I Are you kidding? I, I mean... I, I mean, I looked over and I went, I'm going there. Zombie paintball. I'm going there. <laughs> and that was it. Oh, and uh, hopefully before the end of the weekend, we will also have a photo montage up in our, uh, in our image section of uh, some of the stuff from uh, Spooky World. Yeah, and all the cool guys we saw. We saw some guys. They were like the cutest looking guys ever. Little dimples. Apparently, they're going to be scary. 
after their makeup is done. I'm thinking of one in particular. Yes, I know What's you his are. his name Jim? Mm. I think it was Jim. Anyway, he had the nicest smile, cutest little dimple, but apparently he was going to be terrified. Okay. And the zombies so again. over Java's apartment. Yeah. Well, again, if you go, you know, go to spookyworld.com for details, times, costs, titles, photos. Tell them we sent you. Tell them you were sent by Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We yeah. had a great time. We'll be, I'm going back. I don't know about anyone else. Oh, I'm sure you are. And if you'd like a pair mm -hmm. of free passes. No. Now all you have to do well, is leave a message on the website saying, hey, I'd like a pair of free passes to Spooky World because... And give us an overwhelmingly cool reason. That's right. We need a good reason. Right. Because, I because you want to shoot the crap out of zombies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. A That's the best reason in the world. <laughs> Dirk Manning got some tickets. Dirk Manning got some tickets. <laughs> well, you can if you comment after the podcast is up. I'm sure we could work something out. Now, you know, zombies and haunted houses are scary, but there are some things in this world that are truly frightening, and yet there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It was announced last night, coast to coast, we are oh, airing yeah, the final television. season of Smallville. There they is are... a God. He is just vengeful and mean. <laughs> <laughs> True. Good Lord, can this season be over any quicker? Uh, yeah. Mose said to Tom Welling, let my viewers go. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, wow. Yeah, there's, there's no love for Smallville here, let me tell you. Uh, and yet, you know what? I got to say, it was a good episode. Oh, yeah, you think that all the time. <laughs> you would say that every time. Fool you know that was the that was the definitive Smallville fan comment right there. Like, God, finally, it's ending. Oh, but it was really good. <laughs> Everyone I know that watches Smallville says the same thing. It's like, bitch, 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 bitch. Oh, but, but it was a nice episode overall. Can't complain. It had the Justice Society in it. <laughs> I just think it's really fantastic the way that they did Doctor Fate in that episode. <laughs> He said it, hasn't he? You've said it. Admit it. Yes, you know what the worst part is? When that's a son of a bitch put Jar Jar Binks in. What? Uh, oh, I missed that episode. That must have been the director's cut. <laughs> Someone bought the DVDs. We lost X. Jeez. <laughs> gods are not smiling on he's, us tonight. He's overwhelmed by his sorrow. <laughs> You know what we, you know what we also uh, have to talk about though the end of uh, the Warehouse Thirteen season. Oh, oh and it yeah. was a great one! Wow, I thought Friday the Thirteenth, the Warehouse series, was was a pretty good season. Oh, stop it! <laughs> yes, <laughs> it Thank was. You. you know, I, I was watching it, and I, 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 I'm glad to hear someone else make that comparison. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean it. Really, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to give any spoilers away because most of the cast hasn't caught the episode. But <laughs> sorry. Yeah, nice moment. Sorry. <laughs> but Dome, wouldn't you agree? It was a good ending. Um, there was a big surprise. It was a terrific ending. It had a nice little jump at the end. 
it, it it's given us a nice little lead for next season, and yep. it has been repeat, has been renewed. Now, now you can spoil me on one thing, okay? Yes, they had the Jello wrestling. Oh yay! But <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, God Almighty! Man, you know, is HG coming back? Probably. Ooh, I don't know. I love HG. It, it was it wasn't definitive, but there was there was oh. enough there was enough inference there to be sure. Uh, la la la. Okay, <laughs> so you can't tell me without spoiling it is what you're saying. Right. So Java, I what was this about Sherlock too? <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So I don't, <laughs> for I don't, a nice segue. I don't I don't know what anyone thinks about the the first uh, Sherlock Holmes movie that came out this past summer, but. <laughs> Or, uh, this past uh, holiday season, but I was I wasn't a big fan of it, especially when compared to the BBC series, which is oh. significantly better. Oh, oh. oh my god, is that yes. a good series? Oh hell but, yes! But I have to say this: for, for the second Sherlock Holmes movie, Sherlock Holmes Two, Return to Steampunk Island, whatever it is. <laughs> um, they have made a very good decision in casting Stephen Fry as Mycroft Holmes, uh, Sherlock's older, brilliant brother. Um, I which like is... your style. <laughs> I find it very erotic. It's probably one of the best <laughs> possible casting uh, decisions that, that's been made recently. And I, I'm really excited to see how Stephen Fry does with uh, Robert Downey Jr., that's going to be a really interesting mix, don't you think? Epic synergy. Epic synergy. There's going to be a lot of uh, chewing of scenery. That's what I think. Well, okay. So uh, in lieu of what, though? I mean, I mean, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when you're talking about Sherlock Holmes. Um, to, 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 add that, uh, to add Stephen Fry into the mix right now is... Just a masterstroke, I think. Well, I mean, the 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 cast overall, the the first movie felt very Forced? silly, stilted. It, it, it seemed it seemed silly. Testosterone laden. It was. Yes. It was <laughs> I mean, it was, holy zombie Jesus! Thank you. <laughs> well, let's add, let me ask you this: What was the last time that there was a good? theatrical Sherlock Holmes film. I mean, he seems to do very well in TV where you can do it over a season and develop storylines, but on a two-hour, you know, Hollywood movie? You have to go back. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go back to, like, Basil Rathbone. That's right. You absolutely yeah. do. I, I when's, think the, when's the last time you saw Sherlock Holmes fighting a pro wrestler with a giant wrench? That's what <laughs> I want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think, okay. I think that Stephen Fry will, will bring some gravitas back to, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a classicist, and I know that there are all kinds of, uh, of great things happening with the writing in the Sherlock Holmes movies, but I don't know. I, I, feel, like, uh, I feel like it's... It's become silly. The, the movie think, was silly. But I think here's the tell, okay? I think Stephen Fry is a really, really good choice to throw some balance back into it and give it some real depth. If they, and and he's, he's not, he's not, he's a very funny guy. Yeah, I mean, he's but that's, that's the offshoot. I mean, because there's a side of, of Robert Downey Jr. that really was underused 
in what was essentially a silly movie, the first one. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. he's a good comedic actor, and yet the, he played it wrong, or he was directed in it wrong. And I think well, I was going to say, I, I blame the director. And I think Fry's going to going to you know add to that mix, and and help it coalesce in a way that is the first movie should have been. No, well, you know, I, I think that that's fair to say. And also, if if I had treated the Sherlock Holmes movie as episode one of a season yeah. of Sherlock Holmes, you know, television shows, I would have said that is going to be an awesome television show. You're right. But You're as a, as a right. movie, I I think that it was just it's I couldn't take it seriously. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't enjoy it as you know the great the great uh, stories that that it comes from. Because I thought I was so, uh, it was so silly. You can't, you can't. You can't see it right now, but I'm raising the roof for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our uh, guest tonight is Kid and Play. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, let me tell you about my new porn movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know, we don't often get fault. to... I'm the one who started this, sorry. <laughs> you know, we don't often get to talk about movie games, because or uh, video games, uh, on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, because honestly, the vast majority of Sci-Fi-themed uh, video games suck, i.e. Halo Reach. So, <laughs> it's... it's wow, we're going to take heat on this one. Hold back, how do you really feel? It's it's really good that we get to talk about. I want to just mention two because I don't often get a chance to geek out about video games. First of all, right ahead. First of all, Christopher Nolan is talking about making an Inception video game. Oh, my head hurts already. Yeah. Talk about talk about a, a, an odd and awesome idea. I if done right, that could be epic. It could be a really good. They are insane. <laughs> but the one but that how I how do you do it? I, I, all I, I can know. think of the only thing way I could even conceive of it being done is way back in the eighties with the old Infocom text games, and even then it would be like suddenly it's being done in French, then in Swedish, then it's being written by E. E. Cummings. Here's here's like the most and here's the most obscure sci-fi reference to video games ever, but it's applicable. Anyone ever play the old video game based on Harlan Ellison's "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream"? Absolutely, what? have yeah. Like the the unbeatable game. Yes. I know what you're talking. I have not played it, but I. Oh. Was it just a blank screen? No. It's yeah. <laughs> oh, it was nasty. It's amazingly fun. And yeah, it's, it's 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 Harlan Ellison at his worst. <laughs> Which means his best, right? Absolutely. Yes. That, that when you talk about the Inception video game, that's all I think of is like, well, here's the like the unbeatable, impossible game that you know thirteen year olds are going to put in for like five minutes and say, "This sucks." Where's Kratos? <laughs> you yeah. know, the next time we have him on the show, we should ask him about it. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, there there's a, there's a lot of different things happening in video games now, though. I mean, you've got um, you've got oh, what's the name of that game? Say, Java. Tell me about the Orson Scott Card one. Oh, yes, despite the fact that Orson Scott Card is an asshole. <laughs> I'm raising the roof again! Wow. I'm raising the roof! <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we just lost him. Oh, we did just lose him. <laughs> He's His so indignation the... was too strong. 
<laughs> it's a conspiracy. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Well, while we're waiting for him to get back, there apparently is. that... Oh, Java? Yes, Skynet. Hey, so again. <laughs> they don't want me to talk about, uh, about Orson Scott card that way. Uh, uh, apparently, Orson, apparently Orson thought you were gay and severed your call or something. <laughs> I wonder why he hasn't cut me off yet, then. <laughs> I need closure on this anecdote. Okay. Um, I, I didn't read any <laughs> of college. And, and one of the first things that struck me is that, the and, and this is, Ender's Game deals with one of the biggest problems in video games right now. It, it deals with the, it beautifully, too, is, which is the idea that in space, there is no such thing as up and down. This is true. That's true. Yes, and and I think that one of the one of the coolest things that could possibly be done is to is to work that into a video game because I don't know how many of you have played um, X Wing versus Tie Fighter or oh, uh, any, God, yes. any of the old uh, the old space flight simulators, yeah, yeah. but there's there's always this problem that you have orientation issues. It's not like fly, uh, flying a, a plane in a flight simulator because you have to approach the whole idea from a different angle. Um, the recent uh, Star Trek MMORPG, uh, Star Trek Online, was was pretty good about that, but it's still it's still an issue. And you know, the idea of, of getting people into that world and talking about it in that way would be pretty intense. Damn Skippy! That's right. <laughs> now- Get off my bridge. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. On Sci-Fi Saturday Night, we talk about orientation issues. Sexual, gravitational, directional. Speaking of orientation issues, um, I'd just like to make an announcement that I was on the Brown Coats Redemption Q&A post-movie coming out podcast on Thursday night. And I, I did finally get the video in the mail. And holy crap, was that a barrel of monkeys. Guys, I can't tell you enough. Get off your ass, pull out your credit card, and go to the website, browncoatsmovie.com. All your money goes to charity. So I'm going to give you the two best lines in the entire movie without any spoilers whatsoever. Number one, they were naked. (laughs) (laughs) Best line. I've already got my credit card out! (laughs) In the entire movie. My God, that's not a card. The best line in the entire movie was a response to... Make it so. The captain says, make it so. One of the girls goes, who talks like that? Second oh, movie. well, now I don't need to see the movie. Oh, yes, you do. Um, so it's browncoatsmovie.com. If they sell enough, um, I think it's, what, 32000 they're going to make the sequel, and we get a cameo. I want more than a cameo, oh. damn it. Or no. so they say. Oh, they'll let us oh, have a cameo. Oh, trust me. We're going they, down. Us. They're making one. We lost. Somebody. We lost Java again. Java again. The internet demons well, are about while we're, while we're bringing him back, um, isn't it time to spin the random wheel of fish? <laughs> random <laughs> wheel of randomness to determine who won uh, the illustrated man, right? Correct. That's right. Okay, here goes. Go whammies! Two possibilities, 
And I have not actually flipped it. I okay, I flipped the coin. But <laughs> heads was number one, and that's what came up. So the first, who's the first comment that wasn't us on that post? It wasn't us. Yeah, because we sin, made enough comments. Sin on the Sin. Too. Sin Sin. Oh, okay, awesome. Sin Sin has won my copy of the Illustrated Man. <laughs> and I, I actually do know her, and she listens to the podcast from my living room a lot. Oh, well, there you go. As long as there's no favoritism involved. Oh, uh, well, there was a coin flip. There was definitely a coin flip. So. Um, she, she can, uh, pick that up, or I can mail it to her, and whatever she prefers, as long as she sends me an email, which is the due process, to scifico at scifico.org, or just click the link from our webpage, scifisaturdaynight.com. And if you would like to be the awesome winner of a prize next week, leave a comment on the post that we will put up shortly after this broadcast. That's right. Containing and the podcast, must contain the podcast, or you don't get a prize. That's right, because the people who commented about other posts that we've made this week don't count. No, sorry. sorry. And Facebook <coughs> posts don't count, and Twitter posts don't count, only on the website. And I will not put up with any more arguments about which car it was. <laughs> you know who you are. So what, what would they win mean? this week? Two tickets to Spooky World. Yay! Oh. Um... Well, that would be if they were talking about why they want to go to Spooky World. Isn't there another prize for this week? Is there another prize for this week? I have not heard such a thing, but perhaps there is. I don't know. Is there another prize for this week? Well, we'll talk about that after the show. I will donate a prize on the spot randomly. Ooh! I will donate a signed copy of Nightmare World Volume 1, which came out last Halloween with a signed script. Oh, wow. man. Zombie Jesus. Wait, I could get that. Okay, you get that for me, please. But I, I don't know what people oh, have. Zombie Jesus. Yay! Yay! So, it, so if you make a random comment, it could be anything. That's what you'll win is the signed copy of. Sorry, what's the title again? Uh, I'll give him a copy of Nightmare World Volume 1. Nightmare World Volume 1. From Image Comics, yes. Thrills and Chills. There are and, thrills and chills. And so let's uh, let's learn a little bit about Nightmare World. Wow, you spun that one nicely, my but friend. That's a great segue it there, Ed. fabulous. <laughs> Very nice job. Hey, all it takes is a little payola. Preposterous <laughs> little cocks. <laughs> Uh, oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're very happy to have Dirk Manning on the show. Yay, Dirk! Yay, yay! So, Dirk, tell us what is Nightmare World? Uh, Nightmare World uh, started as an online horror comic anthology. Uh, well, I guess it's an anthology in the sense that uh, it's fifty-two different short stories, all written by me, drawn by different artists. The kind of quick pitch I tell people is it's uh, if you imagine um, something like the Twilight Zone where all the stories take place in the same universe and all intertwine to tell one big giant story that's kind of like uh, Paradise Lost meets the Cthulhu mythos. That's Nightmare World. Look at your god. Now look at me. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's like it, one of the underlying premises of the of the the whole series as a whole, and I guess I should back up here first. It's like it's just all different short stories, and uh, basically what I wanted to do was through fifty two stories, 
explore 52 different genres and facets of horror. It's like you do, you know, there's a Western horror. There's actually a Sherlock Holmes, non-testosterone based, mind you, Sherlock Holmes story in there of all things. Yeah. There's, yeah. No wrestlers with giant wrenches or hammers or whatever the hell it was. You know what? I've heard that the kids aren't reading Sherlock Holmes these days. <laughs> My question is, what's wrong with the kids? Exactly. They are ungrateful little bastards. <laughs> well, I'm right. Well, if, if they get Nightmare World Volume 2, they can get the Sherlock Holmes story and they'll see how cool uh, Sherlock Holmes can be again. So well, Sherlock Holmes is wicked cool, isn't he? Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, just checking. Okay. I was seeing if I was like maybe. And after it, they've but, gone to their local comic book store or, or bookstore and purchase Nightmare World and get interested in Sherlock Holmes, then they are ready for the class. Then they can read the other stuff. Then they can read The Hound of the Baskervilles and everything else. No, absolutely. From their local library, kids need to read. Mm. How many things can I plug in one sentence? Well, yeah, you know. Sure. That was three. Nice um, job. Yes, sir. Yes. No, Derek, I was just, um, what made you uh, choose, I mean, I've, I've read uh, a good chunk of Volume 1, and uh, I'm very impressed that you've got all these different approaches here, but what made you decide to go with the, the whole Lovecraft spin on it? Uh, I guess it's kind of what I was alluding to a moment ago, and then I got sidetracked by a shiny object or Sherlock Holmes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, ba basically... Well, I, I love Lovecraft anyway. I just, you know, it's like, uh, as uh, as mentioned a moment ago, you know, it's like, look at your god, now look at me! It's like, how can you not love the idea of this creature out there that's like Godzilla with bat wings and an octopus head? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, you're talking about Cthulhu, it's like, that's so awesome, but um, uh, I take a short story approach to the whole series, like I said, it's 50, 52 different short stories, but as you start to read a bunch of the stories and they all piece together, one of the things that you see is it, it kind of becomes uh, the, the overriding narrative becomes what would Lucifer do? Nice. You know, and right. it's like Lucifer's in hell. And I'm like, if I was Lucifer and I really wanted to get back at God and I really wanted to take control of creation, I'm like, what would I do? And, and like the first thing that popped in my head was I'd summon Cthulhu. That's what I do. I'd get some mortal, summon Cthulhu kickstart the Armageddon, and force the rapture. I'll force God's hand. You know, it's kind of like Lucifer saying, not saying so much, I'm taking my ball and going home because he's already been banished to hell. So he said, I'm going to take your ball and feed it to a giant squid-headed monster and destroy the world if you don't. <laughs> I'm just so lonely. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Way too much fun now, what, at least it wasn't a Dr. Zoiberg quote. <laughs> He's like a cuddly Cthulhu. We're all cuddly. Now, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the last one? Uh, actually, it went really well. Um, we, uh, I kind of have, I guess, what a lot of people originally called a, a disadvantage in selling the book uh, became our biggest advantage in that I offer the whole series online for free. If people go to nightmareworld.com, or they can go to the Soul Geek uh, Web Comics Hub, and you can read all 52 Nightmare World stories for free online. We're actually halfway through the last story right now. We updated for uh, you know four days a week, a page a week, and basically what I told people is like, hey, go to nightmareworld.com, 
check out the series, read a couple stories. And if you like it, pick up the print collection. We remaster some of the art. We tweak things out a little bit and make just really nice trade paperback collections of the series. And uh, it was really a case of me uh, putting my money where my mouth was, and, and the reception was really good. Uh, a lot of people kind of balked the idea. They're like, well, if you put it online for free, no one's ever going to go, you know, go buy it and print. And those people never make any money. Well, yeah, well, and what ended up happening was, I, I, I'll give you the analogy I gave uh, a lot of other people. I said, okay, uh, Dirk Mang's a relatively unknown creator, I, I, especially before when I first started Nightmare World, and I except told people. Except in the porn industry. <laughs> except in the porn industry where Dirk Manning lays it down. That's all I got to say. Or, or whatever would be a... Whatever would be a proper porn analogy, Dirk Manning delivers the pizza. I don't know. <laughs> Dirk Manning fixes the refrigerator? Well, yeah, there you go. I, uh, your pipes? I your uh, refrigerator is running. How about I take off your pants? <laughs> <laughs> no, how about I clean out your pipes? If I could tell Come you on. every time I... Yeah. Sexy plumber. But what I, no, what, I, what I told other people was uh, other, a lot of other aspiring creators were kind of like, why are you putting your work online for free? You're never going to get published. And I would tell them, okay, I'll tell you what. You d don't show anybody any of your work, and you, try to, and you try to sell it to people. They don't know who you are. I'm going to put my work online and you know update daily with new content and then tell people, if you like it, pick up the book. You know, Dirk. Well, obviously, you know, we all know how it turned out that Image Comics ended up picking up Nightmare World you know, through Shadowline, and here I am two volumes later. And the rest is history. Well, the it, rest it's is like history. the Warren Ellis Freak Angels model all over again. Well, yeah, a exactly. And Except Polio with Girl Genius. Uh, yeah. Was it uh, Jenny Breeden, The Devil's Panties? These are great series. Well, exactly, and, it, and it's a changing world at this point, and yeah. I mean, I, I started posting Nightmare World online in 2002, and my, my nerd, man. yeah, I, I, I wasn't like the first by any stretch, but it was funny that at the time, people kept telling me, well, it's a horror anthology, you're giving the stuff away online for free, you know, you're just shooting yourself in the foot, and I said, no, man, people like it, then they can go buy the books. You know, and like I said, I mean, a couple of years later, then uh, bada bing, bada boom, uh, Image Comics actually, you know, through Shadowline, uh, Chris Simon and Jim Valentino picked it up. Image ran it through their web comics, or Shadowline ran it through their web comics hub, and here I am today. Like I said, in a couple, in about a week or two, uh, the second collection comes out of uh, thirteen more stories in a handy dandy bookshelf trade paperback edition, because hey. It's a lot easier to read comics on the toilet holding a book than a laptop. <laughs> here, here. Let's be I, I honest. It, it's true. It, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it, it's one thing for your legs to get numb. It's another thing for your legs to burn from the laptop. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. I love it. No, but seriously, um, we've had many people on, and some are more proponents of, you know, we're big fans of newer distribution models that sort of turn the industry on its head, so to speak. And we've had some people on here who are like, yeah, that's the way I'm going. You know, you know, I'm not necessarily putting up there for free, which I always encourage that they do because obscurity is definitely a bigger enemy than piracy right now. Absolutely. Um, but not everyone agrees with us on that point. But, you know, the people who do are a lot more successful at the moment. At, at the moment, it seems to be the way to, to 
take back an industry that's become very insular. Well, right. I mean, bottom line, even let's say, for example, that I never put any Nightmare World stuff online. There is no NightmareWorld.com. I finished up all 52 stories. I take it to Image Comics and I say, okay, I just want to release this in trade paperback collections. And I do. And two days later, what's going to happen? It's going to be online for free anyway through pirate sites. I mean, bottom line. I mean, we, the elephant in the room right now that the comic industry is dealing with is that if anyone wants to read any comics, they can go online and get them for free. And they do. And, and they what? do. Yeah. Just buy the collectible because the real, the real prize of comics is not necessarily the story. Hardly anyone reads it for the story. They read it so they, they have Superman number one or Action Comics number one. that, Or they have the artist that they've been looking for. Or they have a story that means something to them. Or they collect a character's work. Yeah, very few people go around to Comic-Cons having the artist sign their laptop. Some people might. But very <laughs> few people do. They want them to sign their work. And this makes total sense to me that they're going to go online when it's convenient for them to read the comics that way or to see if they like a new artist or to see if they want to invest themselves in this line of work. And inevitably, the good stuff rises to the top. Just well, that's it. Them. And what I kind of did was, again, you know, you com. there's 52 short stories up there for read. Last Halloween, Shadowline put out Nightmare World Volume 1, which is a trade paperback of 13 of the stories. In a week or so, uh, Nightmare World Volume 2, uh, called Leave the Light On, comes out. But what I've done with these print collections is we've remastered some of the art, and I've put in exclusive content that's not on the web. So if people are going to go on the web and read it for free, cool. And, you know, I think of it this way. If they read it for on the web online for free and don't buy a copy... No harm, no foul, because if they read it and they still wouldn't buy it, why would they go buy it blind? They wouldn't. But this way, people that like the series online can buy the nice trade paperback collections. That are, it's like 15 bucks for 13 stories, full color. You know, and, and in a day and age when you can buy a, a, a 22 page comic uh, or 22 pages of story in a comic cost you three to four dollars. I'm offering 128 pages for no ads with for fifteen dollars, yep. which is you know six times the amount of comic for uh, three times the price or four times the price. You know, it just it just makes sense. It really does. Yeah. And you know, people are going to remember that, and it gives them an easy way to introduce themselves to the comic. So you know, I I don't know how it was with you guys, but previously. Um, you know, you'd go over someone's house, you'd listen to their CD or whatever, and, you know, that would be the way that you heard about new things. You, I Hello. don't know about you, but I wouldn't necessarily go out and just buy a random CD from a random artist, you know, to take the music analogy. No, the world the world is totally changing, and, and that's exactly it. And it's like, hey, I, I understand it as a guy that, like I said, you know, is a low guy on the totem pole in regards to creator. I understand the, the desire to make money and the desire to protect the integrity of your work. But the fact that, uh, quote, unquote, the integrity of the work. But the bottom line is it's a changing world. It is. And, and, and you and either you know, evolve or you die. You know, you just gave a perfect example also of one of my favorite blogs is called Tech Dirt. And what they're a big proponent of is, like, the equation of making money in this day and age. And what it is is connect with fans plus a reason to buy 
equals successfully making money. And I think you're doing that spectacularly because you're connecting with all of your fans through the various web outlets that you have your comic going out to. They can have it for free. You're giving them what they want. But then you're also giving them a reason to buy the trade paperbacks. Yes, somebody could scan the trade paperbacks with the exclusive content, but what you're giving them is not the content so much as a collectible item. And it's the scarce goods that are really becoming more important. So then if they see you somewhere at a con, at an event, at a book signing, you know, they can come up to you and have this thing for you to sign. And this thing is what holds the memories, not the well, content. And ab absolutely. You're absolutely, you're right on the money. I agree. Virtual high five. <laughs> hey, Dirk. Yes, sir. Uh, I got to ask you, you, you said you were influenced by Lovecraft earlier. I'm actually reading a book that influenced Lovecraft right now from 1895 called The King in Yellow. And it reminds me an awful lot of your style with Nightmare World. Did you use that as a model for this? I can't say that I used that book specifically because I haven't read it. Uh, I have heard of it. It is on my list of things to read. One of the things that was really challenging uh, for me as a creator was when I started Nightmare World, and, and for people that maybe haven't gone to the website yet or checked it out, it's 52 short stories, like I said earlier, and I cover every – through 52 stories with 52 genres of horror. And one of the things that really limited me for about – basically like six years while really creating the comic was there was so much I couldn't bring myself to read because I didn't want to subconsciously steal, you know, and that, that's like, <laughs> what, it's funny you met you, but no, seriously, I mean, you know, it's like I was doing this huge ambitious project and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take 52 different short stories. They're all going to be standalone, but they're all going to have different art teams on each one, but then they're all going to intertwine to tell this big, massive, you know, uh, Cthulhu Mythos meets Paradise Lost story, but as a result, I had to say, okay, I'm not going to be reading anything for a while. But it's funny you mention that because that's actually on my list of things to read. So uh, I, I'm guessing that that's a, a huge compliment. I can uh, I can let you know here soon when that when that, that's in my stack yeah. of stuff to read right now. So I'm thoroughly enjoying King and Yellow. So yeah, it's definitely a compliment. I hey, I thoroughly enjoyed what I've read of Nightmare World. Well, thank you, sir. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See, and if, and if it wasn't free online to read, you might not have read it. But it's like, it, yeah. hey, people can go to, you know, Disney.com. They can go to TwoGirlsOneCup.com or they can go to NightmareWorld.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really, there's, you know, and, and the point being, there's a lot less crap eating in NightmareWorld.com and a lot more enjoyment. Uh, hey, Dirk, are we going to see you plugging this on the convention circuit? You doing any Comic-Cons? I am. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a signing tour uh, right around Halloween time when, like I said, I think uh, Nightmare World Volume 2, Leave the Light On, comes out, I believe, I want to say first week of October at this point, so it's coming really close. But uh, I'm actually going to be doing a couple uh, conventions in the Midwest. Um, uh, I'm taking it to the homelands, yo, or the heartland? <laughs> the homeland? The heartland? Oh, right. what the, what? Yeah, what, whatever. What, 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 the hell do they, <laughs> what, what the hell do they call the flyover these days? But, Tornado <laughs> Alley. But, uh, I'm boring. Be... That's what they call it. Boring. <laughs> a lot of flat. Take it, take it from a Midwestern person. Oh, um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I, I joke. I'm a Midwestern guy too. But uh, 
Now, I'm going to be hitting the uh, Detroit Fan Fest, or Fanfare in uh, Dearborn. I'm going to be a guest there, along with some guy called Stan Lee, who I guess did something for comics at some point or something. When, it, when is that? Uh, that is Halloween weekend. Uh, Jim Starlin's going to be there. Stan Lee's going to be there. So I'm going to be a Detroit fan, uh, the Detroit show. And then uh, I'm a, a, week la- a weekend later, I'll be hitting the Mid-Ohio Con, which uh, is actually a very, very cool show. And uh, so I'll be hitting Detroit Fanfare on Halloween weekend. I'm going to be doing a couple of bookstore signings in between. Then a weekend later, I'll be hitting uh, the Mid-Ohio Con in, uh, just outside of Columbus. So those are my two big, most immediate shows: be Detroit Fanfare with Stanley, Jim Starlin, and such, and then and then Mid Ohio Con, which I believe is celebrating their twenty fifth anniversary, maybe. Maybe. Very nice. Well, you know, if you ever make it out to the East Coast, we are the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con. Yes. Ooh. We love that. So I know who to call if I need a floor to sleep on. Yeah, the Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Epic fail. <laughs> well, now that we know what Dirk has coming up, what do we have on the on the coming up calendar? Ooh, my, oh my! Wow! This is, you're like the king of segways today. <laughs> <laughs> on the coming up calendar next week, ladies and gentlemen, Dome has been just in. Ugh. Dome is so speechless about it, I'm speechless. Next week's guest is legendary UFO expert Stanton Friedman. We're going to have some fun. (laughs) Then on October 9th, Scarewolf and the Horror Host Gang from Saturday Fright Special drop in. Uh, The following week will be our convention special with the Rock and Shock and Wizard World Boston. October 23rd, Hunter Lagore returns for the long-awaited release of the Last Man Anthology. And just added to the calendar, a personal friend of Awake by Java's Dave Sanders and John Tallarico of RunawayCreations.com plug their latest video game, Attraction. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music has been provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. I want to thank our guest tonight, Dirk Manning. Uh, Nightmare World. Check it out. Check it out online. Then buy it. Nightmare World. And Tattoo. Deplane, boss. Deplane from Spooky World for giving us one hell of an afternoon. It was really, really nice. I want to thank everybody at Spooky World for being really, really nice to it. And folks. An undisclosed location tonight. The sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. So long. Thanks for all the fans. <laughs> Thank you for having me on, guys. And for the Four Color Vault Comics, great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. We just want to remind you that Sharktopus just started on Sci Fi Channel. <laughs> I am leaving this call right this moment. <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey, the Crop Circle Investigator, and evidently someone who's going to be going to the Detroit Comic Con. Awake by Java. Thanks, buddy. I've already packed my bag. This is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened. Shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.